Meanwhile, at the end of a busy day at the Franks and Beans comic book store... Well, that's the last of them, Abner. Well, it's about time, Virgil. I'll lock up and get the sign if you'll switch on the radio. You know, Abner, I think you're the only one that still uses one of these old tube radios anymore. You got something against my 1931 Philco Model 70 Cathedral-style AM standard broadcast radio? Don't do that. Do what? Why can't you just say radio? I did say radio. No, no, you didn't. You always have to refer to it by its full name. 1931 Philco Model 70 Cathedral-style AM standard broadcast radio. It's annoying. You do it all the time. Not all the time. Yes, you do. Every time. Now, that ain't true, and you know it. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. I mean, come on, Virgil. My first line of the sketch was, about time, Virgil. I'll lock up and get the sign if you'll switch on the radio. Yeah, okay, that's true. Sorry, Abner. I guess I'm just feeling a mite cranky. Don't worry about it, Virg. Happens to the best of us. Thanks. You want to get some grub, or are you going to head on home? Well, I could go for a bite. Bacon-wrapped turkey leg? Don't tempt me, Abner. I didn't leave the bathroom for two days the last time we got those. <laughs> it was worth it, though, wasn't it? Well, that ain't the point, Abner. I'd prefer to spend my time in front of the TV this weekend, not on the toilet. Just take the TV into the bathroom, Virgil. That's what I do. What's wrong with you, Abner? Hey, now, don't get mad at me just because I'm practical. Whatever. Okay, so the turkey legs are out. Tony's then? Tony's will work. Let me finish up the day's accounts and we'll get going. Can't wait. Subaru. What? What? What did you say? When? Just now. Sounded like Subaru. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you did? Did what? You said Subaru. Maybe I did. So what? It's just odd is all. Is it? Well, of course it's odd, Abner. What's wrong with you? Don't worry about it. Just finish up so we can eat. Fine. Subaru. Dang it, Abner. What? Well, you said it again. Said what? Subaru, Abner. You said Subaru again. Yeah, sorry, Virgil. Won't happen again. Well, can you at least tell me why? What's it mean? Well, it's a car manufacturer, Virgil. They make that funny little station wagon-looking thing your brother drives. Well, I know that, Abner. Why do you keep saying it? Well, this is going to sound dumb, but I heard one of their commercials on the radio earlier, and now I just can't get the name out of my head. Subaru. Starts to sound a bit funny when you say it often enough. Subaru. Well, stop. You're getting on my dang nerves. Well, good Lord, Virgil. Would you stop being so cranky already? I'm trying, Abner. God knows I'm trying, but you make it difficult at times. Oh, come on, Virgil. Say the word. It'll make you feel better. What? Subaru. Say it. I ain't saying it. Come on. Well, I don't want to. Sure you do. Come on, Virgil. Say it. Subaru. Fine. Subaru. Happy? Say it again. Dang it, Abner. Say it again, Virgil. Subaru. Again. Subaru. Again. Subaru. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it is kind of funny. (laughs) Ha ha, I told you. Thanks, Abner. As annoying as you can be at times, you're also good at making me smile. Well, that's what friends are for, Virgil. We ready to go now? Not quite. Well, hurry up, Virgil. A fella's got to eat. Keep your pants on. Subaru. Sorry, I'll stop. Subaru. Abner. Subaru. Subaru. Knock it off, Abner. 
Subaru. I ain't warning you again, Abner. Subaru. Abner, I swear, if you don't stop, I'm going to pull out your dang eyelashes. Sorry, Verge, I can't help it. I can't get it out of my head. Subaru. Well, you better figure something out, Abner, because I'm about to blow. Well, I don't know what to do, Virgil. You got to help me. Help me get it out of my head. What do I do? Then let it out, Abner. Get it out of your head. Say it over and over as many times as you need to clear it from your brain. Good idea. But after that, I don't want to hear another word about it for the rest of the night, okay? Okay, Virgil, thanks. All right, then. Let her rip. Subaru. 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 Subaru, 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 Subaru. That's it? That's it. It's out of your head. It's out. My head's clear. You sure? I'm sure. No more? No more. Promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. All right, then. Let's go eat. 30 minutes later at Tony's Bistro... Dang it, Abner! Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and we got something special this week. I'm going to try to keep this clear and concise and get you to the fun. But last year around this time, I had started a podcast called Stephen or Else. It's still out there. I may get back to it. But I had gotten about 14 episodes in, and I was working on episode 15 when the drive, the external drive that I kept everything on, crashed, and I lost everything because I didn't back stuff up. Well, this podcast, Stephen or Else, is a little different than just another fanboy. It's a little bit more scripted. It has information in it that I have to go out and research and whatnot. And it took me a while to get each episode put together. So they were not exactly released every single week. Well, I always tried to open each episode with something funny. And typically that was a audio sketch that I referred to as Franks and Beans. And the reason I called it that is because it was two guys, Abner Franks and Virgil Bean, who owned a comic book store called Franks and Beans. Now, if you've never heard any of this stuff, if you've never listened to Stephen or else, you have just been introduced to Franks and Beans with the opening sketch of this episode. That sketch is actually, well, it's brand new. It's never before been released except for folks on my Patreon got it. And it was supposed to open episode number 15 of Stephen or else. But again, I lost everything. But I happened to, when I put that sketch together, I wanted a friend to listen to it. So I made an MP3 of it and I emailed it to him. And so while I lost everything else, that was sitting in my sent box of my email. So I recovered that. And then I thought it would be fun for a bonus episode for y'all to just give you every single Franks and Beans audio sketch. Now, there's not 15 of them because I didn't use them for every opening. And frankly, there's a sketch I just threw in there that is not Franks and Beans. It's a, you'll come across it. It's the the National Binge Watching Championships. It's something that just kind of 
hit my brain one morning. I woke up and I thought this would be funny. And I wrote it down and I spent the day recording and editing it. So here you go. This is every Franks and Beans plus the National Binge Watching Championship somewhere in there. I hope you enjoy. We'll be back soon with season three. Here you are. Once upon a time in a small town strip mall. Morning. Ah, yes. Good morning, sir. And how are you in this fine day? Well, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Excellent. That's excellent. Can I help you find anything? Well, yes, I'm hoping you can. I was on the way to work just now when I'd noticed that my wife had texted me. Well, not being one to text and drive, I immediately found a place in which I could safely park my car. Sure. Once I had the engine off, the key removed from the ignition and the parking brake engaged, I removed my driving gloves and gave the text a really good read. Can't be too careful out there, you know. Of course. Upon reading the aforementioned text, I looked up and found myself gazing with serendipitous glee at the sign of of your shop. Franks and Beans, yes? That's right. I'm Virgil Bean. I run the shop with my partner, Abner Franks. Excellent, Mr. Bean. That's excellent. Please call me Virgil. Why, I believe I will. I'm Charles, by the way. Charles Bland, but you can call me Chuck. Okay, Chuck. How can I help you? That's a tricky question, Virgil. Tricky indeed. I think before we can answer the hows, we need to get to the bottom of the whys. Well, now, I don't know if that's necessary. But it is, my good man, it is. With no knowledge of the why, you will not be able to solve the question of how. We must dig down deep and pierce the veil of perplexity. Perplexity? Perplexity, Virgil. Bewilderment, mystification, why we're talking pure discombobulation, man. This guy bothering you, Virg? He's starting to. Mr. Bland? Chuck, please. Chuck, this is my business partner, Abner Franks. Abner, Charles Bland. Ah, yes, you are the Franks to Virgil's beans. You own something, Mr. Bland? (laughs) How very witty, Mr. Franks. Very witty indeed. But please, call me Chuck. I'm afraid I insist. What can we help you with today, Chuck? Now that, as I was saying to your colleague, is a tricky question. I mean, for starters, you are coming into this conversation with no information whatsoever. I'm not sure I can trust you to really dig in on a solution until you've been properly brought up to speed. We haven't gotten anywhere, Chuck. There's nothing to catch Abner up on. Why, I'm shocked to hear you say that, Virgil. What about the text that brought me here in the first place? Text? There was a text? Mr. Bland got a text from his wife. Please, call me Chuck. No, I think I'll call you Mr. Bland from here on out. Fair enough. What about this text? We were just getting to that. Well, yes. The text, which, as I said, had been sent by my wife, requested, nay, demanded, that I delay my workplace sojourn at once and procure for her the ovum of Gallus Gallus Domesticus. More than one, to be fair. Twelve in total. She's rather partial to the Rhode Island Red. Though I will certainly understand if you don't sort them by breed. You want what? I wish to buy a dozen eggs. But this is the comic book store. A what? A comic book store. You know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man. A comic book store. Yes. Yes. Not a grocery store. No. No. Well, with a name like Franks and Beans, you can certainly understand my confusion. Not really, but let's pretend I do. Didn't all the comic books lining the walls and total lack of food clue you in at all? Oh, well, I guess... Plus, there's an egg store right next door. An egg store? Ellen's Eggs, one door down. How could you have missed that? Well, if you must know, I'm blind. Blind? Well, no, not really. 
I only said that to mask my embarrassment. Look, it's okay. Yeah, man, mistakes happen. No, it's not okay. I can't believe I thought this was a grocery store. Sure, there are comics all over the place, but I just thought it was some kind of artsy bodega or something. I'm always doing things like this, leaping before I look, making assumptions. It was the same thing with that letter carrier last year. I thought he was going for a gun. It was only after I shot him dead that I realized he was just taking that month's edition of Dog Fancy magazine out of his bag. He was just delivering the mail, for cripe's sake. Why, if I hadn't been able to drag his lifeless body into my basement before anyone could see and bury it under my house, I might not be here now talking to the two of you. Why, I'd probably be riding the lightning, gasping my last breath, dying alone at some run-down state penitentiary. In fact, you almost done. What? Are you almost done? This intro is running a bit long as it is. We need to wrap it up and get on with the show. Well, uh, I suppose I could be done. I mean, I had a whole speech coming up about the desperate act of a desperate man and all that. But no, I guess I could cut it short. How short? I mean, when are you going to be done? Oh, uh, when do you need me to be done? Now? Oh, uh, okay then. Yeah, I guess I'll be going. Okay, well, have a nice day. Come again. What'd you say that for? Well, dang, Virgil, if we ain't got manners, then what do we have? Meanwhile, at the Franks and Beans comic book store... Good morning, Virgil. Oh, hey, Chuck. Wasn't expecting you back so soon. You get your eggs? I did, thank you. Well, that's great. You on another mission for your wife? Why, yes, Virgil. In fact, I am. It's my nephew's birthday tomorrow. Little Tyke is turning eight. And my wife sent me forth to procure for him some sort of gift. And I couldn't help noticing the last time I was here that you sold action figures. Yes, we do. Any no, particular no, kind no, you're no, looking... No, 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 Not today, Chuck. Never again. Once you out of my store. I don't understand. Have I done something to offend you, Abner? Yeah, Abner, what the heck? He's a murderer, Virgil. He killed that letter carrier. Said so himself last week. You know what? Now that you mention it, I do recall him saying something about shooting a letter carrier and burying him under his house. Well, Chuck, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, to tell the truth, gents... Gosh, this is rather embarrassing. Spit it out, Chuck. Well, to be honest, I made the whole thing up. You made it up? You mean you ain't never killed nobody? Of course not. Then why'd you say it? I said it because I wanted the two of you to think I was cool. That's pretty messed up, Chuck. Yes, I know. I'm sorry, gents. It's just, well, I have what doctors refer to as crippling social issues. I never know how to act around people and... Well, you both seem to be such swell fellas that I wanted to impress you. You scared the crap out of me, Chuck. That's what you did. Funny, you didn't seem scared at the time. Abner deals with fear by being rude. Ah, yes, I suppose that makes sense. Were you looking for anything in particular, Chuck, or is this just a social call? Well, as I was telling Virgil, I'm in the market to purchase one of your action figures. Great! You got your eyes on any specific ones? In fact, I do. My nephew has always been rather partial to the old cartoon about that muscly gent, tough guy. You know it? Are you kidding? He's tough. He's He's a a guy. guy. He's He's tough tough guy. guy. Yes, indeed, that's the one. Well, you're in luck. Not only do we have a tough guy in stock, but all of our action figures are on sale. A sale? How fortuitous! What are your terms, shopkeeper? Virgil, I'm gonna leave you to it. I need to make a run to the bank. See you around, Chuck! Yes, you too, Abner. I will see you around the places in which social people congregate. See you, Abner. (laughs) 
Now back to it, Virgil. Tell me about this sale. All of our action figures till the end of the month. They're buy one, get one free. Goodness gracious, Fortune does smile upon me this day. The action figures are free. Well, yes, technically. You buy one and then you get one for free. Oh, wait a minute. So I have to buy two of them? Not unless you want four. Otherwise, you only need to buy one. And then you get the second one for free. Well, now I'm confused. I only need one. But you're telling me that if I want a free one, I have to buy one? That's right. Well, why would I buy two tough guy action figures, Virgil? What am I going to do with the second one? Well, you don't have to get two of the same thing, Chuck. Buy tough guy and then get his evil nemesis. Bad brain, you get him for free. Well, what am I going to do with the bad brain action figure? I'm a grown man. Well, give them both to your nephew. Oh, come now, Virgil. Two action figures for his birthday? I have no wish to spoil the child. Well, you could buy a tough guy, get bad brain for free, then hold on to him and give him to your nephew for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. Can't I just take tough guy for free and leave bad brain here? I'm sorry, Chuck, but that ain't the way it works. You gotta buy one to get the other one for free. This is a real puzzler, Virgil. I can't seem to wrap my head around it. How can it be free if I have to pay? Well, you're getting two action figures, Chuck, but you ain't paying for both of them. That's how it works. You're paying for one, but you're getting two. But I'm still paying, Virgil. I'm still handing over my money. How is that free? All right, think of it like this. You're buying two action figures at 50% off. Let me get my calculator. Meanwhile, in a sunny meadow... Dang, Abner, ain't it beautiful? I suppose. <sighs> now this sure is the life. Ain't you glad I talked you into closing the store early so as we could come out here and enjoy nature? <laughs> What's wrong, Abner? Nothing, I'm just out of sorts. Out of sorts? It's a beautiful spring day and you're spending it on your back in this sunny meadow. How in the world could you be out of sorts? Just look at that sky, Abner, not a cloud in sight. I'm sorry, Verge. I just ain't the lover of nature you are. You don't like nature? Oh, I'm a big fan of nature. I just prefer to view it through a couple of panes of glass in the air-conditioned comfort of my living room. Well, dang, Abner, I didn't know that. You ain't got to be out here with me. Go on home and relax your way. Nah, it's okay. I think I'll stay out here with you a while, if and you don't mind. Not at all, Abner. Not at all. Just, you know, try and relax. I'll try, Verge. It's just, well, I'm getting hungry. You know how I get when I'm hungry. Well, you get downright unpleasant. Nobody wants that. Go on, get something to eat. You can take the car. Thanks, Virgil. I appreciate that. It's, it's just... Just what? Well, you know Funtown? Funtown? Yes, Virgil, Funtown. What's Funtown? Are you serious? Funtown, the amusement park out past the lake, you know? No, I don't know. Ain't never heard of no Funtown. Never heard of... Where the heck have you been living, Verge? A whale's sock drawer? A whale's what? Funtown is pretty much the most magical place on Earth, Virgil. Well, I thought that was Disney World. Why are you like this, Virgil? What did your parents do to you? Me? You should talk. Your pa finds more joy in making you cry than seeing a baby smile. Okay, first of all, I'm a grown man. I don't cry. Oh, come on, Abner. I caught you in the store bawling like a baby just the other day. No, I wasn't. When? The other day. You were watching that commercial for the ASPCA, the one with all them homeless animals. Well, dang, Virgil, I ain't made of stone. So what about Fun Town, and what in the world does that have to do with your stomach? You know what? Never mind. Whoa, slow down there, Abner. You ain't got to get cross with me. I'll tell you what. How about we go on back into town and get some lunch? My treat. What do you say? Lunch, Abner. How about it? Abner? 
Are you mad at me? I don't know that I'm not mad at you. Okay, I don't know what's going on. One minute we're enjoying the day and the next you're mad at me. Did I say something wrong? It's not what you said, Virgil. It's how you said it. How I said it? How I said what? Like I said, Virgil, never mind. What's going on, Abner? I was enjoying the cool breeze, the sounds of nature, the smell of the grass. You're the one out here grumbling up like an old bear. You need food, but you won't go get food, which makes no sense. Then you start gabbing on about some theme park. I'm trying to help you, Abner, and now you say never mind. Dang it, Abner, if you don't tell me what's wrong, I'm going to leave you out here in this sunny meadow. What's wrong, Abner? I don't want to say. Well, you better say. Not stupid. Okay, then. I guess I'm leaving. I mean it. I got my keys. This is your last chance, Abner. Bacon-wrapped turkey legs. What? Fun Town has bacon-wrapped turkey legs. Bacon-wrapped turkey legs? Bacon-wrapped turkey legs. Ooh, tell me all about them. Oh, you should see them, Verge. Turkey legs as big as my forearm and wrapped in bacon. I mean, they'll change your life. And the taste... You ever eaten Joy, Verge? It's like everything that's pure and good in life, wrapped up in bacon. That sounds like a little bit of heaven. We should go. We should go right now. Nah, they're closed. Closed? For the summer. Something about E. coli. Dang it, Abner, you got my hopes up. Now what are we going to do? Enjoy nature? Nope. Can't do it. You've thrown me off my groove. Get in the car, Abner. I'm taking you home. Can we stop for hot dogs on the way back? Welcome once again to the annual binge-watching championship. I'm Chuck Bland, and joining me this afternoon is my colleague and all-around swell guy, Tom Stale. Thanks, Chuck. It's always a pleasure. And what a beautiful day it is for binging some TV. It certainly is, Tom. The sun is shining, there's a cool breeze blowing gently from the east, and the birds are singing their singy songs. Thankfully, we're inside and don't have to put up with all that. Too true, Chuck. Too true. Nothing like a bit of sunshine to put a damper on some truly epic TV binging. And speaking of epic binging, Tom, we have a real treat for everyone today. That's right, Chuck. Today, to binge Iron Fist Season 2 on Netflix, hailing from the hills of eastern Kansas, we have returning champ, Stephen R. Orr. This is truly a historical event, Tom, as this will be the first time that Orr has binged a television show professionally since his accident back in 09. Too true, Chuck. And I think I speak for the entire nation when I say how saddened we were on that day in July when Stephen had his fall. You certainly speak for me, Tom. Worse than the sorrow, however, more bitter than the anguish were the inevitable questions. There was a mystery surrounding that day. What happened exactly that took Orr out of the game for almost a decade? Thankfully, Chuck, we can now finally answer those questions. That's right, Tom. Last week, our very own Ronnie Chump caught up with Orr as he trained for today's event. It's half past ten in the morning as I join legendary binger Stephen R. Orr on a bus stop bench in the middle of the city. The cars zoom past as he sits stoically, straight-backed, the tension showing on his face as his training reaches hour seven. What is it about this bench, Stephen, that helps you prepare for next week's binge? Well, it's simple, Ronnie. Bus stop benches are known around the world as being some of the most uncomfortable places to sit. And that discomfort helps you? It sure does. How? 
Well, the couch I'll be using in next week's binge is quite plump and rather soft. It should contour itself to the shape of my back as I watch almost 10 hours of television. If I can sit here on this hard, unforgiving bench for 10 hours, then the couch should be a piece of cake. If you could take us through the events that led to your downfall that week in 09, what happened? What have you learned since? And how will next week differ? What you have to understand, Ronnie, is that I was trying for a record. I had attempted to watch the first four seasons of 24 in just one sitting. That's nearly three days worth of television. Iron Fist Season 2 is just ten episodes. A walk in the park when you compare the two. So what happened? I was cocky. Too sure of myself. I thought I was invincible. After all, I had successfully binged two seasons of Alias without blinking an eye. But four seasons of episodes, 24 per season? Well, it was impossible. By season three, it was all I could do to keep my eyes open. But it was two episodes into season four when my back seized up on me. The pain, it was just so intense. I couldn't move. And then the true horror happened. I had to use the restroom. But I just couldn't pull myself up off that couch. In the end, I had to call time out, call for the medic. It was humiliating. But now you're back. I've had nearly ten years to figure out who I was, Ronnie. What I wanted. I'm a different person now, with different goals. And you're confident that you can sit through all ten episodes of Iron Fist Season 2? I am, Ronnie. I've never been more sure of anything in my entire life. You heard it here first, folks. Back to the studio. Bold words for sure, Tom. They certainly are, Chet. They certainly are. And here comes Ornell, striding confidently out onto the field, his 32-ounce mug of Diet Mountain Dew gripped firmly in one hand, the Universal Remote in the other. Well, he definitely looks ready to conquer the world, Chuck. Look at him. He hit play on the remote before he even sat down. Now that's confidence. It certainly is, Tom. And now, as he takes his seat and we hear that all-too-familiar twin percussive blasts that heralds a Netflix original, the crowd goes silent, and the real show begins. Now that was a darn fine meal. Fine? My steak was cold and the baked potato was nothing close to baked. Well, it's not easy to bake a potato, Virgil. Actually, it is. I don't think they even tried on mine. I think they just pulled it out of the ground and put it on my plate. Oh, come on now, Virgil. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Well, there's still dirt on it. Well, good Lord, Virgil, it don't matter. You gotta be more positive about things. Keep an open mind. You know, if you don't let a little light into your heart once in a while, you will forever be surrounded in darkness. What in the world has gotten into you, Abner? If I didn't know any better, I'd swear you were happy. In fact, you seem downright gay. Please pardon the interruption. Yes? Uh, but I have a message for you. I'm your waiter, by the way. I know who you are. You were just over here ten minutes ago. You took my soda from me. I wasn't finished with it, by the way. Well, yes, uh, but see, I have this message for you. It's on this folded sheet of paper. See, that I'm, I'm holding right here in my right hand. See it? Okay. I'm now holding the folded sheet of paper out in front of me, and I am offering it to you. You narrating a book? I can see everything you're doing. I don't need a play-by-play. Indeed, sir, but this is audio, and I'm afraid the audience won't quite understand that the message I'm giving you is on this folded sheet of paper, you know, since, well, since they can't actually see it. Just give it to me. You are now taking the paper from my hand. Go away. Very good, sir. I am now leaving. This should be obvious as my voice moves further and further. 
Well, dang. What's it say, Verge? It says we have to cut the sketch short this week. What? Yeah, it says that Asa Abner's is longer than normal this week, so we have to wrap this up now in order to fit everything else in. So we ain't gonna do the bit about the squirrel that comes in here and stabs you with the fork? I guess not. Dang, I was looking forward to that. Well, it's all your fault. My fault? Well, yeah, Ask the Abner's is your thing, not mine. Well, that's true. And Ask the Abner's is a bit long this week. Why? What happened? You're usually trying to get out of there as early as possible because you're tired of dealing with your paw. Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot to tell you. You'll never guess who showed up while we were recording last night. Who? Well, let me tell you. It was... Meanwhile, in the middle of the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen... Can you believe this crowd, Abner? Not really, Virgil. It's the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen. Who'd have thought giving out free adhesive bandages with every comic would pull the people in? I sure didn't. Seems more than a little odd, if you ask me. It's a good thing we hired Chuck to help out today. I gotta hand it to you, Virgil. Hiring Chuck was a stroke of genius. I mean, I know I was against the idea from the start, but now, well, look at him go. He's like some kind of darn retail wizard or something. Well, he's a machine is what he is. You think maybe we should keep him on past today? I don't know. Sure would be nice to have more than one day off each week. Good point. I wouldn't mind an extra day off myself. Tuesday and Sunday just ain't enough anymore. I'm talking about me, Abner. I take Sunday and that's it. Don't you think I'd like to have a second day off? Well, no, Virgil. Tell the truth, a thought never crossed my mind. Never crossed your mind? Well, why would it? It's against your nature to take time off, Virgil. And your twisted brain taking a day off ain't no different than shirking your responsibilities. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, Virgil. You know exactly what I mean. Shirk. It's a verb. It means to avoid or neglect a duty or responsibility. I know what the word means, Abner. I just can't understand why you think I would be so against taking another day out of the week off. Because that's how you are, Virgil. If you wanted to take a second day off, you could. You just don't want to. Well, sure, but that ain't got nothing to do with some deep need to live up to my responsibilities. Then what is it? If we weren't already closed on Sunday, you'd be here working your tail off like you do every other day of the week. Face it, you just can't stand not working. Now that ain't true. Didn't we just spend the day a couple of weeks back relaxing in that sunny meadow? We closed the store for that. I mean, come on, Abner, it was my idea. Well, that's true. Forgot about that. Okay, so what is it then, Virgil? I take two days off a week. Why don't you? I wonder if we should go help Chuck. He's got quite the line going on over there. Don't you worry about Chuck. He's holding his own. Answer my question. I should probably make sure he's got enough adhesive bandages up there. He runs out and there could be a riot. I can see the boxes from here. He's got plenty. Now stop trying to deflect. Why won't you take a second day of the week off? (sighs) Fine. You want to know? Yes, Virgil, I want to know. Well, like I said, we're already closed on Sunday. But if I was to take another day of the week off, well, we'd still be open, wouldn't we? Well, yeah. Which means you'd be here alone. So, you're alone on Tuesday. Yes, I am. But the truth is, Abner, I can't trust you to run the store by yourself. You can't trust me? What kind of crap is that? I thought we were friends, Virgil. We are, Abner. It ain't about that. And what's it about? I'm a grown man. What have I ever done to make you feel like you can't trust me? The only time in the history of the comic shop that I've ever had to stay home sick. You ain't never called in sick, Virgil. Stop trying to trick me. November 18th, 1992. What? The death of Superman. You know Chuck's line is getting a mite long. Superman 75, the issue in which Superman dies, remember? I don't know. Strikes the cord, I suppose. The issue shipped encased in a sealed black poly bag. Inside that bag, along with the issue, was a black armband and other memorabilia. 
Look, do we have to talk about this? How many copies did we order for the store? You expect me to remember? How many? 610. 610. And how many did we sell? Oh, look, I think Chuck needs me. Chuck's fine. No, look, he's waving me over. No, he ain't. He's just scratching his ear. How many did we sell? None. Not one single issue. You remember why? Someone opened up all the poly bags. Someone? I opened up all the poly bags. And why did you open up all 610 poly bags? I don't remember. Sure you do. Come on, Virgil, don't make me say it. It'll make you feel better. I was looking for the golden ticket. The golden ticket, which was what again? The golden ticket that would allow one of five lucky people from around the world a free trip to the magical comic book factory where they make all the comic books. A place so shrouded in mystery that no one from the public had ever been allowed before. That's right, the magical comic book factory. But of course... Yes, I know. There's no such thing, Happy. Is that what you want to hear, Virgil? I was watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the store when the shipment arrived that morning. I'd been up all night in restless anticipation of Superman 75, so when the books arrived, hours before the store opened, I'd fallen asleep unpacking them. And then? And when I woke up, I'd been dreaming about finding the golden ticket like in the movie, and my sleep-addled brain couldn't distinguish between reality and the dream world my subconscious had created, and so I started tearing into all the polybagged issues. I'm sorry, Virgil, okay? How many times do I have to apologize about that? Well, now this sketch is terrible. What? The sketch is dumb. What kind of premise is this? You ripping up 610 polybagged issues of a comic just because you fell asleep watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I mean, that's just stupid. Well, I didn't write it. Well, I didn't say you did, Abner. I'm just saying it's a bit dumb as all. You're right, it is stupid. What do you suggest? Bacon-wrapped turkey legs? Now you're talking. Meanwhile, in the middle of the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen... Can you believe this crowd, Abner? Not really, Virgil. It's the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen. Who'd have thought giving out free adhesive bandages with every comic would pull the people in? I sure didn't. Seems a little more than odd, if you ask me. It's a good thing we hired Chuck to help out today. I gotta hand it to you, Virgil. Hiring Chuck was a stroke of genius. I mean, I know I was against the idea from the very start. But now, well, look at him go. He's like some kind of darn retail wizard or something. He's a machine is what he is. You think maybe we should keep my on past today? Wait a minute. Didn't we do this sketch last week? Well, yeah, but this is a special edition. Special edition? Well, you know, like what George Lucas did to Star Wars or Steven Spielberg did to E.T., I guess the producers thought this could have been a better sketch, so they wanted to take it in a different direction. Oh, well, that's just plain stupid. I ain't gonna argue with you, Virgil, but either we go along with it or we walk. Well? I'm thinking. Well, don't go thinking too long on it, Virg. I don't know about you, but I need this job. The comic shop business just don't pay like it used to. Good point. Fine, where were we? Well, I was asking if we should keep Chuck on past the date. That's right, okay. Uh, let me see here. Um... Let's see how he handles himself today, and then we can talk about it. Oh, boy. What? Don't you see you just walked in? Good Lord, is that who I think it is? John Wimmer, the crankiest, hardest to please, won't accept no for an answer customer in the history of the store. You remember that time he came in and demanded that we sell him a roll of insulation for his attic? Took us an hour to talk him out of here. Had to show him every inch of the store before he'd leave. Look, John's heading to the counter. Let's go hover nearby and see how Chuck handles him. Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to Franks and Beans. How may I help you today? I don't need any help. I know what I'm looking for. Very good, sir. 
If you need anything, I'll be right here behind the counter. You think I'm some kind of helpless little baby? Excuse me? Why do you just assume I need help? I find that highly offensive. My apologies, sir. I meant no offense. I can see that you're an intelligent and independent man. Of course I am. How very astute of you. If, for some reason I am unable to comprehend, I am in need of any assistance, I shall come to you and you alone. Very good, sir. Enjoy your shopping experience at Frank's and Beans. Actually... Yes, sir? I think I do require assistance. I am here to serve. Tell me, what do you know about flowers? Flowers, sir? Roses, specifically. It's my anniversary tomorrow, and I'd like to get my wife some roses. Now that's a splendid gift, sir, and might I say, happy anniversary. Yes, thank you. The best place in this area to buy roses is a shop just down the street. Two blocks south, third shop along. And by funny coincidence, the shop is named Roses. Because they sell roses? They sell much more than roses, sir. They have tulips, poinsettias, daffodils, and more. They're a regular flower emporium. Then why are they called Roses if they sell more than roses? Ah, now that is a good question, sir. The proprietor of Roses is a woman named Rose. That's a bit pedestrian. Quite, sir. The problem, however, is that I don't want to go to another shop. I'm here, and I'd like you to sell me a dozen roses. Ah, well, yes. That's going to be a bit of a problem, sir. We don't sell roses here, or flowers of any kind, actually. I'm specifically looking for pink roses, you see. My wife's favorite color is pink. One dozen pink roses. I'm sorry, sir. As much as I'd like to accommodate your request, as I said, we don't sell flowers here. We are, in fact... A comic book store. Of course. So if you could just point me in the direction of the flower aisle, I'll choose a suitable arrangement and be on my way. Again, sir, we don't sell flowers. Last year, I made the mistake of buying her balloons. Balloons! Can you imagine? I'm sure they were beautiful, sir. They were horrid. She cried. I'm not making that mistake again. No, sir. Flowers will be the best. I'm sure of it. That's what she told me to buy anyway. Well, bravo to you, sir, on making the smart choice. But again, we are a comic book store. We don't sell flowers. You are a retailer, yes? Of course. You sell product to the general public. Well, yes, sir. Well? Well, what? I am the general public, and I insist that you sell me a dozen pink roses, or I'm afraid I will be forced to contact the authorities. The authorities? The police shopkeeper, the fuzz, the coppers, the law, the man. Am I speaking in circles? I see. Well, I'm not supposed to talk about this, but you seem to be someone I can trust. Have you been told about our hidden store? Hidden store? No. Hidden by magic. Magic? (laughs) How exciting. Oh, it's very exciting indeed. And really, the most wonderful aspect of this hidden, magical shop is that the magic enables it to know what it is you need. And so it crafts the shop based on your own personal desires. Oh my goodness, this sounds wonderful. Quite. Now the only question is, how do I know that you're worthy? Worthy? Well, the shop only appears to those who are worthy. Of course I'm worthy. Please, point the way, shopkeeper. Well... Well what? Please, you're my only hope. All right, good man, all right. Go out the front door and head south for two blocks. Look for the third door on the left. Not the first, not the second, not the fourth. You want the third door. Third door? Yes, 
the third door. That is most important. Once inside, you want to go right up to the counter and tell them what you need. Now, if they try to sell you Sasquatch pellets or the Ark of the Covenant, you've chosen the wrong door. Thank you, shopkeeper. I'll never forget this. Come again. Yeah, I think he's going to work out just fine. Bacon-wrapped turkey leg? Bacon-wrapped turkey leg. Meanwhile, in the middle of the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen... You wanted to see me, Virgil? I did, Chuck. Come on in and shut the door. Okay. Have a seat, please. Ah, yes. Thank you, Virgil. How's it going out there? Splendid, Virgil. I mean, can you believe that crowd? Abner told me that this is the biggest sale the Franks and Beans comic book store has ever seen. Well, that's true. It's crazy out there. I mean, I feel like the sale has been going on for weeks. Who'd have thought giving out free adhesive bandages with every comic would pull the people in? I sure didn't. Seems a little more than odd if you ask me. Well, sure, but that's not why I called you in. I think you've been doing a real great job out there today, Chuck. Why, thank you, Virgil. That means a lot coming from you. It really does. I've never told you this before, Virgil, but I look up to you. Ever since that first day we met back in episode one, whenever I'm trying to make a tough decision, I always ask myself, what would Virgil do? Then I do what I think it is you would do, and it always seems to work out. Well, that's great, Chuck, but... This last weekend, for example, my wife called while I was out looking for work and asked that I stop at the Burger Hut on the way home and bring home some dinner. And so, of course, I did that very thing. That's great, Chuck, but... I do so hate those drive through places, don't you? I mean, trying to converse with someone through a speaker is simply barbaric. Well, I guess. And the way they treat you, rushing you through the order, interrupting you like they assume you're only ordering for one person. And so, once you have your burger ordered, they're ready to drive you down the chute. Okay. Well, not this guy. After the third, is there anything else? I'm afraid my cool was nowhere to be found. I was ready to drive away without another word. But then I asked myself, what would Virgil do? I probably would have just completed the order. That's right! I got my baseball bat from the trunk and smashed that speaker board into smithereens. You did what? By the time I was finished, that speaker board was strewed about the lot in bits and pieces. It was glorious. But Chuck, that's not at all what I would have done. It's not? Well, heck no, Chuck. Good gravy. What were you thinking? Oh, well, I, I didn't do it anyway. Beg your pardon? I made it all up. I didn't smash their speaker board. You didn't? No. No, I did not. Then why did you say you did? I'm sorry, Virgil. I'm just trying to impress you. Impress me? Chuck, lying to me ain't the way to gain my respect. I mean, if you're going to keep working here, then you got to be honest about things. Keep working here? Well, yeah, Chuck. That's why I called you in here, to offer you a full-time position at Franks and Beans. Great Caesar's ghost man! Do you know what this means? Probably not. It means a steady paycheck, Virgil. I can pay off my debts and finally come out from under the thumb of Count Virgoth. Count Virgoth? Who's Count Virgoth? Now that, my friend, is a long story. Well, I got time if you do. Of course, Virgil. Well, it all begins 12 years ago in the Himalayas. The Himalayas? What were you doing in the Himalayas? Ah, now that's something I can't talk about. Very hush-hush, you see. Let's just say a certain government organization tasked me with hunting down something big, white, and hairy. A yeti? I'm not saying it wasn't a yeti. 
Well, hey, guys. We're in the middle of something here, Abner. Can this wait? Afraid not, Virgil. The writers asked me to come in here and give you both a message. Well, when I say asked, it was more of an order to tell the truth. Get your butt in there and deliver this message if you want to keep collecting a paycheck, is what they told me. It was all a bit rude, if you ask me. Dang it, Abner, get on with it already. Oh, yeah. Well, they wanted me to come in here and tell y'all to end the sketch. End the sketch? Why? Well, apparently they never wrote an ending, and rather than just let the sketch spiral out of control, they figured it would be best for me to just come on in and end it and cut to the theme song. Well, good gravy, if that ain't the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why, I have half a mind to march straight into the writer's room and tell them just what I think about them. In fact... Good morning, and welcome to the Franks and Beans comic book store. Thank you, and good day to you, sir. How can I help you? Do you buy comics? I mean, the sign in the window says you do, but now that I'm inside your tiny shop and have had the chance to look around, I'm starting to wonder how you manage to keep the lights on. Well, aren't you delightful? Do you buy comics or not? We certainly do. Great. I'd like to sell this comic here. This comic? Yes. The comic book you've just placed on my counter? Yes, that one. Splendid, sir. Let me just take a look at it. I want $500 for it. Good to know, good to know, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Moments later, in the time it takes to flip through a book or make this announcement... I'll only take cash. I fear a check from this establishment might bounce like a Super Bowl coated in flubber. Fear not, sir. A check won't be necessary. Nor cash. I won't be buying this book today. Now that's preposterous. Do you buy books or not? We do, sir, yes. Just not this particular book. What do you mean? Why not this particular book? Well, it's not a real book, is it? Not a real book? I assure you, sir, you hold within your hands the next smash indie hit. Bigfoot's Cat. That's right. Bigfoot's Cat. The thrilling tale of a friendly tabby named Rose, whose owners die in a horrific ice skating accident, leaving Rose to fend for herself in the forest land of the Pacific Northwest. It's here that she is found, starving and alone, by an old Bigfoot. We learn, you see, that the Bigfoot has also suffered a terrible tragedy. His entire family was wiped out after eating a box of moldy cupcakes. And so the two, the Bigfoot and Rose, find in each other a mutual comfort. That's when the aliens land Yes, it sounds like a ripping good time. The problem is, and I can't put too fine a point on it, that again, it's not a real book. How can you say that? You're holding it there in your hands. What I'm holding, sir, is a stack of loose-leaf, college-ruled sheets of notebook paper stapled together. And not very well, I might add. It's an independent book. I've told you that. It's underground. I'm telling you, this book is going to be huge. That's as maybe, but at the moment, the book isn't worth anything. Sure, now. But in a year, this is going to be like gold. Imagine if you were given the opportunity to purchase the first issue of The Walking Dead, like the original one they did on notebook paper. They didn't do The Walking Dead on notebook paper. What are you, stupid? That's how comics work. Doing the book first on notebook paper is the comic book version of a television pilot. You put the book together for the publisher and they decide if they want to greenlight the book for a full season or, well, you know, six issues. Come now, sir, none of that is true. The fact of the matter is that this book is not and never will be worth anything, even the paper it was scrawled upon. How can you say that? You didn't even read it. You just flipped through it. I don't need to read it, sir. If the quality of the artwork is any indication, I'm almost tempted to pay you to take the thing out of my shop. Look, just give it a read. Do that, and I guarantee you that you will change your tune. 
If I've read it, will you leave the store? Of course I will, with $500. That's assuming I like it. You'd have to be some sort of idiot not to like this book. But sure, let's imagine for a second that you are that kind of idiot. I mean, that shouldn't be too hard. Nice. But yeah, if you don't like it, I'll leave empty-handed. Fine. 25 minutes later. Now that was even more terrible than I had first suspected. I didn't even think one could create a comic book entirely with crayon and make it work. And if nothing else, this book only proves me right. My advice to you, sir, would be to take this book from the store forthwith, burn it, place the ashes in a small coffee can, and then beat it repeatedly with a baseball bat. So you aren't buying the book? No, sir, I am not. What's your name, clerk? Charles Bland, but my friends call me Chuck. You, sir, can call me Charles. You've made a big mistake today, Charles. I think not. Now, if you would kindly leave the store as per our agreement. Oh, I'll leave the store, Charles Bland, but I'll be back. Mark my words, you'll rue the day you crossed me. What a shame. I would have loved a monthly book about Bigfoot and his cat. Meanwhile, in a super-secret bunker in a super-secret location... Okay, people, gather round, gather round. If I could just have your attention, please. If you could just please quiet down for a moment so that we could begin. I apologize for that. I don't like guns. To tell the truth, they scare me. They smell of metal and oil, and I think that's pretty gross. That's why I decided to use this recording of a gunshot that I have saved to my phone rather than using a real gun. And I'm not afraid to play it again if you all decide to get out of hand. Do we understand each other? Good. Let's begin. I want to thank you for joining me here today. Most of you know me. My name is Brad. But for the purposes of this operation, you can call me the Dealer of Death. No, no, not the Dealer of Death. That sounded better in my head. How about... Hmm, how about... Gutblender the Cruel? No? No, okay. Uh, how about... Death Vendor? No one likes Death Vendor? Okay, well, uh... Try this one on for size. Doomsayer the Rude. Not feeling that one, huh? No, you're right, you're right. It's not very good. Um, well, let me think for a moment. I didn't have anything else written down. Um, wait, I've got it. Take this one for a ride. Gordon the Clerk Slayer. I'm sorry, did you say Gordon the Clerk Slayer? No, not Gordon. Gordon. How do you spell it? Oh, um, G-O-R-D-O-N. Gordon. Well, that spells Gordon. What's your name, minion? Warren, sir. Tell me, Warren, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I'm sorry? It's a very simple question, Warren. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Uh, no? I'd advise you to keep it that way. Isn't that a line from that old Batman movie? Excuse me? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? The Joker said it in the Batman movie, the one with Michael Keaton from 1989, remember? I love that movie. Well, yes, it it was a fine film. Prince did the soundtrack, you know. That's right. Wow. I can't believe I forgot that. Yes, well, regardless, it would be in your favor not to forget it, lest you find the rhythm. I'm sorry, what? It was a threat, Warren. A threat. 
Do you not recognize a threat when you hear one? Well, you would think so, right? Well, how about this, Warren? A gun. You recognize it? Does this strike a chord on your recollection harpsichord? That's a picture of a gun. Yes, it is, Warren. A picture of a gun on my phone. Shall I play the recording for you once again? I I don't understand. I can set the volume to max, Warren. Is that what you'd like? It's a phone. How loud could it be? This is a very special phone, Warren. One of my own design. Were I to set it to max and play the recording of the gun firing, your ears would ring for days. Is that what you want, Warren? Ringing ears? I guess not. No, I thought not. Now, as I said, you can call me Gordon the Clerk Slayer. Our target today is a comic book store downtown, Franks and Beans. I stopped in there last week to try and sell the book I had created with my own two hands, Bigfoot's Cat, and the clerk... A Charles Bland was more than a little rude to me. In fact, he was downright snarky. And so I have hired you all to assist me as I enact my revenge. Tonight, after the store closes, we shall break in under the cover of darkness and destroy all of their comics. Then, as we leave, I shall place my calling card upon the counter. The card will say, You called down the thunder. Well, now you have it. So says Gordon the Clerk Slayer. Any questions? Yes, Warren? Well, and believe me, I'm only looking out for you here, but if the card says Gordon the Clerk Slayer, people reading it are going to think it's Gordon, not Gordon. You know, based on the way it's spelled. Plus, you call down the thunder? That's from Tombstone. Just thought I'd point that out. Another great movie, that's for sure. But can't you come up with something more original? I mean, ow! Dang! My ears are ringing. Any other questions? No? Good. That's lunch, people. Well, there you go, folks. Every Franks and Beans ever. If you've never listened to Stephen or else, you know, I would encourage you to go over there and give it a try. Like I said, there's 14 episodes up. The episodes typically consisted of some type of funny opening, more times than not, it was a Franks and Beans. Then there was just me doing an intro and talking about junk. And then I talked about a comic. I had news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And that's where I would take one or two news stories from around the world that was a little weird and talk about those. And then I would give you some information, just whatever popped in front of me during the week or two weeks or however long it took between episodes. You know, something that I found interesting. I would throw other funny stuff in there. I had a, a, a sometimes reoccurring sketch called Ask the Abners, in which Abner Franks and his father, who's also named Abner Franks, would answer questions from the quote-unquote audience. They were always questions I made up because I could never get anybody to actually write in and ask questions for them to answer or leave any kind of audio voicemail type thing, you know. But I really enjoyed doing those episodes. The Franks and Beans there at the end, it was kind of, I was, I guess I was kind of leading towards some kind of storyline in which Chuck and maybe Abner and Virgil would go to war against this guy, uh, who created Bigfoot's cat. But the very next episode, I couldn't really think of anything and I need, I felt like I had to put an episode out. So instead of, of continuing on, the storyline as a audio drama, as it were. I just did what was basically a clip from if 
Chuck had his own podcast in which he talked about these guys coming in and wrecking the comic book store and stealing these comics that were paid for by some local crime boss that had yet to actually come in and pick them up and, you know, to kind of leave room for, well, it sounds like old Gordon the Clerk Slayer. Clerk Slayer? Did I say Kirk Slayer? Clerk Slayer. Gordon the Clerk Slayer is going to get his in the end. And yeah, that's that's kind of where it kind of fizzled out at that point. And I was losing my energy and was not feeling as creative. And those episodes, I need to be feeling creative to create those episodes. And that's why they didn't come out all that often there near the end. And and the fact that I lost pretty much everything, just it just hurt me. It hurt me deep down, deep down in my soul. And so I just stopped doing them all together. And I may go back because I do really enjoy doing those episodes. But hey, that's your show. That's your bonus episode this week. If you feel like throwing a little support my way, head on out to the Patreon. That's Patreon dot com slash Stephen R. Orr. And for as little as a dollar a month, you're going to have access to the My Other Podcast podcast. And I've been talking about comics a lot over there as well lately. I've also been doing some fun stuff over at the Patreon. I put up a bunch of images teasing what I may be talking about in season three of, well, what I am going to be talking about in season three of Just Another Fanboy. I also put up a poll. I was looking through the comics that were coming out in July, and I picked two comics, and I said, hey, why don't you folks here on the Patreon pick one of these two books, and I'll talk about it in July on an episode of my other podcast. So doing fun stuff over there, and all you need is a dollar a month to get in. Dollar a month, four episodes of my other podcast, once, well, one episode a week, four a month, five a month if it's a five-week month. I'm rambling. That's all I got. Enjoy. Have fun. I'm out. Wear a mask. Be nice to each other. Black Lives Matter. Booyah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.